Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of 1st John, the first, first epistle of John, and chapter 5 as we continue there. Now last week we got about to the uh, first point in the message, <laughs> but we're not in a hurry, right? No. We, we're, not, we're not in a hurry. And so we're going to begin in verse 1 in chapter 5 of 1st John, or that is verse 9 in 1st John chapter 5. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed the testimonies that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Let's pray. Our Father in God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus, and as we study your holy word, we pray that you be our teacher through God the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for everyone here present and everyone hearing by podcast or over the internet who is without Jesus as Savior, that they will come to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior today. Father, help us to recognize and to acknowledge that your gift of eternal life is just that. It is an eternal gift given to those who have accepted Jesus as Savior. And to also realize that those who are without Jesus are condemned even though while they live. And so we pray that as your people, we will be faithful and responsible witnesses to share your message of hope 
of forgiveness, of healing, of comfort, of love. To those who are lost and hurting, that they too will come to know the sweet relationship that you desire to have with each individual. And so we pray, O oh Lord, glory to you, glory to the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. And so here in this passage, the Apostle John is teaching the Christians of all ages, and that includes our age, this century, the 21st century in which we live, the truth about life, the truth about eternal life. Now we want to clarify, and we've shared this with you many times before, that there are various words that are used in the scripture for life. Bios is one of those where we get to study biology. It refers to physical life. And every human being has physical life. Then there is suke, which um, where we get the, the study psychology, the, the study of personality, referring to the various uh, personalities and also attitudes that people have and, and we've mentioned that even pets have have personality and and pets have physical life but there is another term that's used in the New Testament and that's the term zoe we get the word zoology from that but when it's used in the New Testament it's always used together connection with eternal life and only the believer in the Lord has eternal life. And we've just read here that a person who is without Christ is without eternal life. Yes, they have life, they have bios, they have a personality, suke, but they do not have zoe. They do not have eternal life. And that is tragic. Now, I didn't make that up. I didn't, I didn't write that, okay? We, we just read that. But just so that you are confident in that the Scripture is consistent and that John, the Apostle John, didn't make all of this up, turn to the third chapter in the Gospel of John. The third chapter in the Gospel of John. John chapter... And again, I encourage you to write these things down because you need to be aware of what the Scripture teaches concerning eternal life. Now, you're all familiar with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But it goes on. John chapter 3 and verse 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now the unbeliever and the unbelieving world, they like to accuse Christians of being those who are judgmental and condemning. Because we speak the truth, that is God's truth. 
And God's truth makes it very clear that God hates sin. God hates sin, and we're supposed to hate it as well. But God loves the sinner, and we're supposed to love the sinner as well, because every single one of us is in that category. Right? We are all guilty. But notice what Jesus goes on to say, and he's teaching, he's teaching Nicodemus. Nicodemus, in this passage, he's, he's one of the, the leaders there in the community. Verse 18, Jesus goes on and he says, He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. You see that? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. You see that? The message is that God so loved the world, he sent his Son to save us. Not to condemn the world, but to save the human race. God loves every child, every man, every woman in every part of the world, in every country, in every state, in every community, in every little village, in every tribe. God is completely and totally aware of every child, every person, every human being, and he loves them, and he wants them to know him. And we're so fortunate that so many people give their heart and their life to the Lord and they commit their lives to full-time Christian service and go to the foreign mission field. It was my, my privilege while I was at seminary to meet many, many who had dedicated their lives to missions, to going overseas, to wherever God would place upon their hearts. And many of them left tremendous, tremendous jobs. Doctors, lawyers, engineers, architects, you name it, from every walk of life. And they dedicated their lives to serving the Lord. And then taking that knowledge and that education that they had to go to third world countries to share that expertise while sharing the love and the gospel message of Christ, the truth of Christ. And sadly, some of them never made it back home because they were murdered on the mission field. The world, the world calls God a liar. Now we read last week that first uh, point there that God the Father testifies concerning his son Jesus Christ at his, at his baptism when Jesus came up out of the water and we read that there in the, in the uh, Gospel of Matthew. That the Holy Spirit came in the form of the dove and lighted upon the Lord Jesus and the voice from heaven this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we also read from uh, the second psalm that the Lord God, the Father, 
sent his son into the world. And yet the kings of the earth, what do they do? The kings and the rulers of the world, they reject him. And notice back over in 1 John and verse 10, he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar. That is, they are accusing God of being a liar. You notice that? And that shouldn't surprise you. And the unbeliever doesn't realize that they are participating in the lie of the devil, because the devil is the father of lies. He is a liar and a murderer. That's how he is described. Another name that he's given is the name Apollyon, or destroyer, because he, he seeks to destroy, and that is what he does. He destroys. He destroys families. He destroys lives. He destroys the future and the hope of people. His program is to destroy the kingdom of God. But he has already failed. And the Bible says he roams the earth as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's a wounded lion. He's already been dealt the devastating blow. He is a failure. He is miserable. And yet the world runs after the devil. Heard the other day. Let's not call it looting. We'll call it organized, right? Or organized crime, organized theft. Or really? No, looting is a racial term. No, it isn't. It is not. Looting is looting. It is stealing. And whatever happened 200 or 300 years ago does not justify people going into stores and breaking into stores and stealing things and taking things. As my mother taught me when I was a boy, Michael, two wrongs do not make a right. You've probably heard that before. None of this activity that is going on, none of this behavior that is going on in our country is justifiable. It is a lie. And it seeks to destroy because that is the program of the devil. And what is happening in America today, America voted for. Make no mistake about it. There are Christians who believe that politics has nothing to do with their faith, and they are wrong. That, too, is a lie of the devil. The position that you take and the position that you vote for, yes, says a lot about your particular faith and your commitment to the Lord. And, oh, my goodness, there is a party that has gone so far down. It's as though the devil himself is running that party. And that is the truth. Everything that is, that is going on here in our country and around the world, all that is false and that is wrong, is a part of the program of the devil 
do not be a part of that program. We studied this morning out of the book of Ezekiel. God tells Ezekiel, you be hard-headed about it. You tell the people what I'm telling you to tell them. Whether they listen or do not listen, you tell them. You tell them the truth. You warn them, and if they do not listen, their blood will be on their own hands. But if you do not warn them, their blood will be on your hands. As Christians, we are to stand up for the Lord, for truth, his word, and we are to proclaim the message. The unbeliever accuses God of lying. And this is true of every non-believer. Why? Because they do not have the love of God in their hearts. Let's turn to, again back to the Gospel of John. And I hope that you're learning something about studying the Bible. And what I mean by that is that the Bible is the best commentary on the Bible. You know, Christian bookstores are filled with all kinds of books on studying the Bible, and, and very good books, very, very helpful books. But the Bible itself is its own best commentary. Amen? God's Word on, on His Word. The Gospel of John, chapter 5. And Jesus, again, is, is, is speaking and, and, and he's teaching. And uh, John chapter 5, the beginning at verse uh, 37. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another? And do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? The unbeliever does not have the love of God in their heart, and therefore they will not listen to the truth. They have been deceived by the devil. And everyone who practices evil is participating in the devil's program. But God, second point, has given us eternal life. Now, Eternal life is a reality in Jesus Christ. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior, then eternal life is a reality. And here's something else. Eternal life, and 
God's forgiveness of our sin is not dependent upon our emotion. It is not dependent upon how we feel. You understand? It is based upon God's nature and God's faithfulness, God's holy word, God's promise. It is based upon the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And so the Apostle John uses the word know. Now there are many different words that are used in the scripture that mean know, but the word that he uses here in the Greek is a very special word. Actually, it's very close to the word that we have in English, to edit. And Brother Roger was an editor for the federal government. His job was to, to edit writings to ensure that the author was clearly communicating what they intended to communicate. Right? But did they always listen? <laughs> no. <laughs> and Christians are like that too. This idea, this, this word that's used for this word know, K-N-O-W, in our English language, means to be, to be sure of, to understand, to perceive, to see, to behold, to be aware, to be confident of. So if I were to ask you, one plus one equal two. You know it, right? And three minus one gives us the remainder of two. You know that. You're convinced of that. And it's never going to ever be different, right? That is an eternal truth that will never change. And God wants his children to know that they have eternal life and that will never change. That's the word that is used here. That you may know your salvation does not depend upon you. There are those who think if you go out and you fall off the wagon and you get drunk, then you look, you've lost your salvation. No, that is not correct. That is not correct. Yes, you're going to suffer some consequence. The Bible does teach that. But you don't lose your salvation. God is faithful. He's merciful. And do you think that when he saved you, that he didn't know you from beginning all the way to the end and everything in between that you were going to do? Yes, he knows it all. He knows it all. And here's the amazing thing. And that's why we sing that, that song, Amazing Grace. Because in spite of our sin, God loves us anyway. And he sent his son anyway to die on our behalf anyway so that we might have life and live this life filled with his joy knowing that we are forgiven. Eternal life is a reality in Christ. The believer has. We possess it. We are in possession of eternal life. 
Now, let's turn to Romans, and then we're going to have to, uh, to, to bring this to a, to a close. The book of Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 8. The book of Romans, chapter 8. Beginning at verse 1, the scripture reads, There is therefore now no condemnation, do you see that? To those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You see that, that Old Testament law, where they had to walk according to that law. We live according to God's grace, by His grace. Now that doesn't mean that we just go and live however we want. That, and we've given you this uh, fancy 50 cent word before. It's called antinomianism. Antinomianism. Those who believe that, yes, you can accept Christ as your Savior and then just live however you want because you're saved. No, 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 no. We're not to live that way. Now, God is faithful. A person will not lose their salvation. But they will suffer loss, the Bible says, in eternity. And they will also suffer some loss right here in this life. But he says, there is no condemnation. That means that we're not condemned. God wants his children to know that they are forgiven. He wants his children to live lives of joy. It doesn't mean we'll, we'll never have sorrow or pain or, or misery or, or suffer grief and agony, loneliness, uh, all of those things, frustration, you name it. But God sees us through. God sees us through. Now notice what it goes on to say. Verse 3 there in chapter 8 of Romans. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. And then go over to verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons or the children of God. And you did not receive the spirit of bondage again, to fear. Yeah? What does that mean? You did not receive the spirit again of bondage to fear. The fear that, am I going to fall off into hell if I commit this sin? Or because I did this, or because I did that, now I'm condemned? No! No! You've been passed from death unto life. You've been forgiven forever. You're eternally forgiven. We sing that song, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. We're eternally forgiven. And he wants you to know, to be confident, to be sure, to understand and to accept that you are loved and you are forgiven and forgiven eternally. Now, let's finish up with this, this last little bit. 
in, in Romans there, verse 37 of chapter 8. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We're going to end there. And we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. This, this hymn of invitation is an invitation to you to give your heart and your life to the Lord if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Or maybe, maybe, you've not been living for the Lord. You know Him as your Savior, but you've not been living a life that is pleasing to the Lord. You have the opportunity to rededicate your life to Him. Or maybe you have been attending, but you've not joined this particular congregation. It's an opportunity for you to, to join this congregation officially. Or to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. That is to be, to be immersed, taken down into the water, and brought back, back up out of the water. Which symbolizes both the burial and resurrection. So as we sing, however the Lord leads you, you come to Him. You give your heart. You make your decision for the Lord. Let's stand as we sing. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.